Good morning, everyone. As David said, the reading this morning is from Joshua chapter 2. And as you'll see behind me here, it's on page 216 in the Church Bibles. And it's entitled Rahab and the Spies. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know where they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Shion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. Now she had said to them, go to the hills so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. The men said to her, this oath you have made us swear will not be binding on, on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you have let us down. 
And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. If anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head. We will not be responsible. As for anyone who is in the house with you, his blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on him. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them, on, sent them away and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. They started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. The lights are off, it's dark outside, thoughts come into my mind. Spiders, snakes and creatures of every scary kind. I know they're only imaginary, but even if they're real, Jesus is much stronger than the fiercest monster. So don't be afraid of the night Even in the darkness We're always in God's side So go to sleep, dream happy dreams God will hold you tight You don't have to be afraid of the night No, any children? I can see one or two of my family. Um, I'll tell you why I've played it in a moment. Can I just say, uh, children, it's great to have you here. And um, there's no Sunday club for you this morning. There is a table um, out this side at the back um, with some coloring uh, sheets and, and pens and, and pencils and stuff. So if you want to grab any of that um, during the next while, um, and that might help you to listen as we go through. Um, uh, morning, everyone. Lovely to be back. Uh, thank you for your prayers while we've been off. Um, also, great to have some folk visiting us this morning. We, I think we've got folk from um, Brazil, um, uh, from the US, from the UK, so lovely to have you with us. We're just doing a, a one-off preach from Joshua this morning, um, from Joshua 2. I'm going to ask for the Lord's help as we come to look at his word together. Let me pray. Father God, we come to you, we recognize that you are the creator, the sustainer of all things. You're our savior, the one who speaks words of life to us. And we ask as we come to your word this morning that we would truly hear what you want to say to us. Would you encourage us if we feel weak? Would you challenge us if we are proud? 
Would you strengthen us and our faith in the Lord Jesus? In his name we pray. Amen. Um, that song you just heard, I came across it again last week, um, and I'd forgotten all about it. Uh, we used to sing it to the children when they were younger, and, you know, to say to them, you know, you don't have to be afraid of uh, spiders, snakes, creatures, the dark. But uh, children, I don't know if you realize this, being afraid, fear, isn't just a problem for children. It's a problem for all of us. What are the thoughts that run through your mind sometimes in the middle of the night? Maybe you are on holiday at the moment and, you know, they're, they seem a long way away, but, you know, maybe in a week or so's time they'll be back. Is it finance? Maybe it's thinking about school next year. Maybe it's looming exam results. Maybe it's concerns about children or relationships or health or aging. If we're Christians, added to that is the fact that it's increasingly scary, isn't it, to stand up and out for Jesus Christ, to speak out for him. As we live for Jesus in this world, do you believe that God can use you? How are you feeling this morning about that? Do you feel strong and courageous? Or do you feel a little afraid? The sweeping message of the book of Joshua is how God is fulfilling his promise. His promise to give his people a promised land. A land free of fear and danger. And Joshua is told in, in chapter 1, if we'd had time to read it, to be strong and courageous. And here at the beginning of chapter 2... He's on the edge of the promised land. And he decides to send two spies into the land, especially to Jericho, to have a look around. Now, if you remember from Israel's history at all, Israel had been here before. They sent spies into the land before. Those spies came back, most of them, not all of them, Joshua was one of them. Those spies came back saying, the people are too scary. We can't go in and take the land. And it led to 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Well, how are they going to get on this time? Have a look at verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. Well, will they succeed? I'm going to give you a spoiler, okay? Isn't it annoying when people do that with a movie or a book you're reading or something? Well, here you go. End of the chapter, verse 24. Have a look at this. This is the spies. They've come back. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. This time... It's not God's people who are afraid of the people in the land. Actually, it is the people in the land who are melting in fear of God and his people. But actually, I think an even bigger surprise we're going to see as we go through this chapter is who God uses to give the spies and Joshua and the people of Israel this confidence. 
It's not a respectable, uh, influential, powerful, educated, rich kind of person, the kind of person this world thinks is the one who should be used to do great things. No, it is Rahab. Look again at verse 1, halfway through. So the spies, they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. In that culture, she would have been the lowest of the low. So as a society where there was no gender equality, and she's a woman, uh, a reality where she actually had so little prospects that she sold herself to survive. And yet, this moment in God's plans shows how he uses and incorporates a Rahab, an outsider, and incorporates her right into the center of his plans. Do you want to feel less afraid? More than that, do you want to be used by God in our world? Well, can I encourage you to listen in as we delve into this chapter? How do the spies get on? Um, Do you like spy stories? Children, I don't know what your favorite ones are, or adults. Is it Spies in Disguise? Is it Mission Impossible? Who's your favorite spy? Is it Finn McMissile? Or Spy Kids? Or 007? Don't you love the way those spies, they just, nothing seems to stop them being able to finally achieve what they want to achieve. Well, these two spies, I would say, are more like the opposite. They're a bit of a disaster. Look. Verse 1, they managed to make it to one house, Rahab's house, and by this time, they've already been found out, and they're already being hunted. Look at verse 2. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. And what do they do? Well, they hide, and then... When it's safe, they run away. And, and really, the only reason they're not found is because of Rahab. And so verse 3, so the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because you, they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. In fact, you look down to verse 6 and you see where she's hidden them. She's hidden them under the stalks of flax that she'd laid out on the roof. They were above the heads of the soldiers when they arrive in. Don't underestimate how risky this was for Rahab. Some of the accounts of how um, the, the Nazis went from house to house to root out Jews that were hiding in World War II, they, they send just chills down my spine when you just think of the reality of them turning up at the door and hammering on it and coming in and interrogating them. Well, I think it would have been like that for Rahab. As these king's soldiers arrived in and said, we've come here to take the spies, and they are literally above the heads of these soldiers as they're interrogating Rahab. And yet, she is willing to take the risk 
It's no doubt if she was found out, she would have been labeled as a collaborator and probably executed. So what does she do? Well, she lies through her teeth. Verse 4 again, she'd hidden them, and then she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. Now, I don't think this is encouraging us to lie. Um, there's lots that, Ahab, oh, sorry, that Rahab got wrong here and in life. But this is recorded for us because there's one thing she got spectacularly right. You see, the big question really is, why did she do this? And I think this takes us to the heart of this passage. When you're looking at a passage like this, how do we understand sort of what it's about? What's the main emphasis in a Bible story like this? Well, one way is to look at what people say and who says the most, and particularly when the sort of camera zooms in and the action slows down. And what we find out is that Rahab is actually given the biggest speech. And this is what she says from verse 8. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Why does Rahab do this? Because she knows the Lord has given the land to the Israelites. How does she know? Well, she's heard the evidence. She says, we've heard how the Red Sea was dried up. We've heard how you defeated those two kings. The whole country has heard. And she says, what, what does that mean? Well, well, the country is melting in fear. And yet Rahab instead is exercising faith. Two things we're going to examine as we go through this. Here's the first one. We're going to look at Rahab's faith. You see, her faith means she's not melting or, or crippled by fear, but she actually takes action. She hides the spies. She speaks to the soldiers, risks her life. And her faith, it's not a feeling that she's manufactured or believe in the unbelievable. It's because she's heard the evidence. Children, if uh, you are wanting to follow Jesus, don't do it just because your parents believe. Do it because Jesus is real and God's word is true. Adults, the same. Don't just believe because you've always believed. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't believe because really most of the people around you really don't believe. Why not have a look at the evidence? You see, Christianity is based on God acting in history. And actually, today, it's not that we have less evidence than Rahab. Actually, we have more. 
We can look at the person of Jesus. And there is way more evidence as we look at him of the reality and power of God. We can look at moments like when he walked alongside that funeral procession of that widow's son dead and he raised that son back to life again. Or I love um, David just pointing us to um, blind Bartimaeus being healed in Jericho. I just hadn't thought about that. Actually, here is Rahab, an outsider. Um, this blind beggar would have been an outsider as Jesus came into Jericho. What does he do? He just heals him. The power to heal. The power Jesus has not just to walk through water, but he walked on water. Most of all, the evidence of the resurrection. All of this encouraging us to have faith. Well, for Rahab, her faith, what does it cause her to do? It, it calls her to seek mercy. She asks the spies for kindness. It, it's the covenant word, and she asks them to swear by the covenant Lord. So verse 12. Now then, Please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you'll spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Well, the spies, they say, look, we'll do a deal. We will swear, we'll act in kindness. If we live, you'll live. Verse 14, our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we'll treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. And so again, Rahab takes action. She um, masterminds their escape. So she says to them, you know, you need to avoid the king's men. You're going to have to hide for three days. And, and then she lowers them down the rope. But before they go, the men tell her what to do. Verse 17, the men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land, you've tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother and your brothers and all your family into your house. And so Rahab again acts in faith. Verse 21, agreed, she replied. Let it be to me as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Well, does it work? Well, another spoiler for you. Come to chapter 6 and verse 22. So at this point, Israel have arrived. They're capturing Jericho. And Joshua says this, verse 22, Joshua said to the two men who'd spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out. And all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young man who'd done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family 
and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all that belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Rahab's faith meant that she believed in the kindness of God's people. She believed in the power of God and his promise to deliver. And the result? A place in God's promised people and land. Here's the second thing to examine. It's Rahab's place. See, Rahab was an enemy of God's people, a Canaanite. She was also a prostitute, a nobody in that world, no status, no respect. Her life was messed up in every possible way. She had nothing to offer God, no claim on God. And yet she is chosen and used by God. To do what? Well, not just to save the two spies, which she does. Not just to encourage Israel that God is giving them the land. She does that too. Not even just given a place in God's people and land. In fact, she's the first person of God who's living in the promised land. But she is used by God, chosen and used by God, and given a place as one of the direct ancestors of Jesus Christ. Children, I wonder if you've got any famous ancestors, like any famous people in your family tree uh, way, way back. Um, I like to think that I'm descended from Hugh O'Neill, High King of Ireland. Um, any evidence? No. Uh, my aunt, my aunt's even more fanciful, I think, than me. She likes to think, she says that we're distantly related to Neil Armstrong. Any evidence? I don't think so. And some other guy who tried to steal, steal the English crown jewels. Any evidence for that? I'm not really sure. Children, another question for you. Will you have any famous great, 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 great grandchildren? You're like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm even going to have children. Rahab had no idea how important she was in God's plans, who her great, 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 great grandchild would be. But let's have a look. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5, uh, page 965 if you're in the Red Bibles. Matthew chapter 1 here. So, do you see at the beginning it says a, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. This is like Jesus' ancestors, Jesus' family tree. And then verse 5, it says this. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Do you see who God uses and chooses? His kindness to an outsider. 
And she is brought right into the center of his purposes, the center of his family, his plan. He, he gives her a, a worth, a name that will last for eternity. Rahab's place. What does all this mean for, for you and me today, this week? Well, firstly, let's just have a little think of our faith. Living in this world, so much of what we do, well, certainly this is my experience, is it yours, is done because we're afraid. Rahab, what an example of faith. Faith based on the evidence of who God is and what he has done. Is that where our faith is based? Faith in a God that is greater than the fears of this world. How about ours? Greater than pandemics and losing reputation and missing out on things in this life? Do you remember as those soldiers were in the house interrogating, searching the men above? What did she do? She lived for God, whatever the risk, whatever the cost. What would that mean for us in the coming days and months? Where do we need to see that Jesus is much stronger than even the fiercest monster? How can we live for God? By faith, not fear. And maybe some of those possible things you're afraid of, we talked about at the beginning, you're like, oh, Ed, do you really have to mention that this morning? Will we take those to God and trust him? with them, our faith, and our place. Rahab didn't deserve a, a place in God's people, nor do we. Rahab, an example of God's extraordinary grace, of how God uses and chooses, of, of who he shows kindness to. Why shouldn't we be afraid as Christians? It's because we know his kindness. We know this kindness, this God even more. A God who has promised and delivered. A God who made this world and then entered this world. Rejected as an outsider. And Jesus didn't just risk his life, he gave his life. That we might be forgiven. That we might be loved and included. In a sense, that's really humbling. You see, we don't have any claim on God. But we look at Rahab and we see who belongs in God's people. We realize it's people who recognize they're broken, they're outcasts, they're sinners, and that we desperately need kindness. It's really humbling. And yet, isn't it comforting? No matter how much we've failed, no matter how afraid we've been, if we've trusted in Christ, we have a place in God's people and plans worked out by God in advance for us. Because God can use a Rahab. Even a Rahab. Even you. Even me. For his glory. Let me take a moment to lead us in prayer.
Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this spy story, a real event in history, a real window into your power, your deliverance, and your kindness. And we pray that you would help us to humble ourselves before you, to, to seek that kindness in the way that Rahab did. And for those of us who, who know that kindness, to want to live out our lives faithfully, trusting you, whatever the risk, whatever the cost, we pray that you would help us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing. Sing a song that encourages us to exercise this faith, even when we're feeling weak and feeble.